Bridge Hunter Nation, welcome back to another episode of Bridge Hunters Live. Tonight, we are in for an absolute awesome episode with the winner of the Old Dominion 100, Rachel Spaulding. In her debut 100, she finished with the fourth fastest time in Old Dominion course history on the women's side. She recently finished second place at the Promised Land 50K and was a co-star in No BS, a Promised Land 50K film. In this episode, you find out about the, her last couple months and how exciting it's kind of been. Uh, she's one of the biggest stars in our sport on the East Coast. This is gonna be an absolute awesome episode. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Tonight we are joined by someone who is taking over the East Coast Trail and Ultra running scene just two weekends ago. She won the Old Dominion 100. She was a co-star in No BS, a Promised Land 50K film, coming to us all the way from Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Rachel Spaulding, how's it going? Pretty good. No, no complaints. How are you recovering? Are you recovering, uh, feeling pretty good at 10 days after the race or so? Yeah, I was, I was really surprised. I think I was like expecting the worst and I was like, okay, I'm going to mentally prepare to take like all of June off and just be super chill. But I was really like the Sunday after the race was really brutal, uh, walking like sideways, barely walking. And then Monday also not that great, but then the rest of the week I was back at work and I was just kind of fatigued and just tired, but I've recovered really well. I mean, I didn't, I haven't really ran that much. I swam, did some lap swimming on Saturday and we went for our first like kind of run, mostly hike. If it like went uphill, I was like, I'm, we're hiking this. We're, we're not running. <laughs> I like, like the mental fatigue was real. We just ran tonight, but so yeah, lots of like time off and just kind of chill, but I'm really surprised with how I'm feeling. So that makes me really happy. <laughs> well, we're super glad to hear that. And it's going to be exciting to kind of talk about the race with you uh, in the coming moments. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is Wesley Harton and holding down the floor with me tonight is a man who recently got a haircut for the first time <laughs> in this decade. Y'all know him as the sixth man of the nation. Cam Wrench, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Wesley. Thank you for um, celebrating the first haircut of the decade. That's a very, it's a very fun way to put it. it reminds me of um, back before I got the Forester when a coworker of mine congratulated me on uh, driving a car from this millennium. <laughs> My previous car had been built in 1995. So, yeah. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Wesley? I'm doing really well. Excited to chat with Rachel here. Uh, Rachel, do you have a beverage tonight that you're drinking? Um, does water count? Oh, of course. Is anything special? Just my uh, virgin vodka water. <laughs> love it. I love I it. Bar at my 21st birthday and my friends were like 100% done with me, like probably 10 minutes out. So <laughs> I'm glad I could recycle that joke. <laughs> yes, Cam, what about you? Uh, so I am going with the Jackie O's under a cloud. Very usual. Um, Every time I see this, I buy a couple and I just end up having to like work through it. And basically the only time I drink is on this show. So I hope you're <laughs> used to it by now. Um, Wesley, what do you got out there in Ta? I've got the uh, Wasatch Brewery Strawberry Blonde. And Cam will know these ones well because they're not good. They're really, really bad. Um, so don't try it. But uh, it's kind of all I have tonight. But 
we're excited to uh, dive into a little bit. Uh, as always, you can find alienating us- a possible sponsor. That's, <laughs> hey, that's well, a bad move. Well, no, hey, I mean, you had the green, the green can ones were unbelievable. Like the best beer I've ever had. I forget the actual the mango name of it. IPA. Come on. The, yes. The mango it's, IPA was the best beer I've ever had at the Wasatch Brewery. And then this strawberry one is the worst beer I've ever had. You can only buy them in like a six pack of each kind of like 12 pack kind of thing. So um, you have to get a 50, 50. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, as always, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, join our Strava with so many incredible runners as well. Uh, Rachel, we have so much to cover in the next hour with you, and we're so honored to do so. I want to start off by learning about your athletic background and how you found trail running. So kind of just take us back to the first time that you decided to lace up a pair of running shoes. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. So, well... My athletic background is primarily swimming. Um, I started swimming at the age of eight and then I swam competitively growing up and then all throughout college as well. Um, So I think that really like just kind of shaped my athletic background. I mean, swimming is a, ultra running is a hard sport, but swimming is like a whole other beast. Um, It's just a really, it's a grind. (laughs) So I was used to it and I loved, I loved the competition with that. Um, But my swimming career never really went the way that I always I envisioned, um, I had like a lot of ups and downs, um, couldn't get out of my head a lot. Uh, just kind of a nutcase, <laughs> really plain and simple. Um, so yeah. And then I, I turned really turned to running. Um, now I ran like track and cross country a little bit in like high school, middle school, but like not good at all. I think I was like, I don't even know my times. Like it was just like a fun outlet as an alternative to swimming. So, um, so yeah, I've, my, it was my, after my freshman year of college, my first swim season, um, just really down after it didn't, didn't meet my expectations. And I really started running. Um, I had a swim coach actually that was starting to get into running and he introduced me to like Scott Jurek and just like this whole other level of craziness. I think it was, um, so, um, yeah, so that kind of got me started and I did a half marathon and then I was like, yeah, I think I could do 13 more miles. That sounds good. And then I signed up for another marathon within like six weeks, like very naive and was just like, yeah, this is a good idea. Oh, and the marathon was out in Colorado. Cause that weekend, that week I was visiting my friend and I was just like, yeah, this is a great idea. Didn't know anything about, um, you know, altitude <laughs> and all of those things. So really naive. So that was like, my, my first marathon was 2015. Um, it was super special. I think I did like one long run. Like, I think I ran 18 miles and was like, okay, I got this. <laughs> and then, uh, did it, didn't do bad. I mean, I was like 346, so it wasn't awful. So that was kind of that. And then I really put running aside a little bit, you know, finished out my swimming career. Um, but then I, oh, I went on one trail run the summer before my senior year of college, uh, a guy took me on a trail run and I was, I did the trail run and I was literally, I think we ran like six miles. And afterwards I was like, yeah, I could, I could do a 50 K <laughs> after just running at the state park. I just thought, yeah. And I was on this mission that summer to like do all of these hard things. So I did this 50 K in July and this was 2018, did this 50 K and then did like an open water marathon swim and then did another marathon. It was just like the summer of kind of conquering my fears of just like doing hard things and getting ready for like my senior year of swimming. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a long answer to your question. I guess it, it kind of has a lot of layers. I just, uh, 
So that's kind of how I got started in running, but I really didn't get fully started in like the ultra running scene until about um, 2019. I did my first 50 miler Iron Mountain in Damascus. And that one's kind of funny because I was running on the roads a lot. And uh, I stopped in a bike shop in Lynchburg one day and uh, Dr. Horton was there. And at that time I was a super fan girl because like I only read about him, but in my head, like, I had this like idea of who he was. And he was like this mystical creature from like my books. And so like super runny, nerdy, but uh, <laughs> so he was asking me that when I was a runner and he was like, oh, well, you're not a real runner. You don't, you run on the roads. You don't run on the trails. And I was like, <laughs> I, I want to be a real runner. So, and I signed up for a, a 50 miler. <laughs> So yeah, just been kind of, but then COVID, after the 50 miler, I did Hellgate and this was all 2019 and then COVID happened. And then, yeah, the rest is kind of, there was no races. So, so kind of what, what has been your mentality, like getting onto the trails? Obviously you kind of talked about like how you got there, but do you always come into the trail running scene just with this uh, competitive edge to you that you kind of brought in from your swimming career that you kind of just brought to the trail running scene and you're just going to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to come into this new sport and dominate every single person in the sport. Well, I, it wasn't always like that. I feel, and I never approached, I never approached my swimming like that, which I think like in hindsight, that was almost my problem is that I would always put in this, this hard work, but I never approached a race where I was like, okay, I can be I can be good at this and I do train hard and uh, I'm worthy of being like in the front competing with like top women. Uh, I never approached swimming like that ever. And anybody that knows me knows that I was very just like anxious and in my head. Um, so my first 50 miler, I was, just, I, I, I just try to be like relaxed and not overthink it. I don't, you know, be like humble. And I ended, I did, I did win and that was exciting. Uh, and I was like, wow, I want, I want more, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I just, I kind of, the swimming definitely helped with coming in and just being competitive and that stuff, but it's only probably in the last like six months. I mean, that I've like really worked on my confidence and just kind of overcoming that and, um, you know, letting my hard work kind of speak for itself and that kind of thing. So because there's, I mean, there's so many awesome women out there that are getting into this sport. So it's, I mean, I'm, it's, it's awesome competing against them, but you can never go to a starting line feeling overly confident. I mean, you can be confident in your training and that's what I kind of do. I just think about my training and that I know that I worked really hard. So it doesn't matter if runner A, B, and C even beat me. Um, I know that I'm going to have a good race because I've, I've worked hard for it. So I try to just put that mindset forward, especially in promised land. I mean, competing in promised land where I knew Sarah was a really um, awesome runner and had this great background and I try not to get in my head too much. So I'm like, okay, she might, yes, she might beat me and that's fine. But um, I knew that I was going to have a good day too. So that helps a lot. So when, when talking about like um, this work you've done to like have that confidence going into the starting line, but then also to, to like, know that this is where your place is. What does that look like? in practice is this you know i i asked chris roberts this on our last live show right like are you doing the headspace app like what can what is like a, a takeaway or like a practice that you found really helpful in like your mental training for ultras that our listeners could maybe try for their next race um what really helps me is like track just tracking my training um you know strava's 
great. I mean, I know it's a social media platform, but I really use it for myself just because I can sometimes like when you start to taper and you're resting and you're getting ready for a big race, you start to question, um, you're like, did I do enough? Like what? And, and I tend to do that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think I did enough. And usually I, I did. And you know, Logan's like, you're good. <laughs> you don't need to go do more. So I think just, um, recording what you are doing and whether that is with an app or a notebook. Um, when I was a swimmer, I kind of did it too. Um, like I recorded my practices and sometimes I would grade myself and just how I was in my headspace, but also how my body physically felt. And just, I think that tracking is super important just to, just to keep track. I mean, obviously just so you can structure your training, but also so you can validate what you are doing and okay, I did this really awesome run and that gave me a lot of confidence and I can record that I was feeling confident that day. And that was just some you know money in the bank kind of training. Um, so yeah, the, just the keeping track of it all is really helpful for me. You kind of touched on it briefly there, but obviously keeping track of your training is insanely important, especially going into an hundred mile race. Uh, kind of talk about what training you did going into this race. Uh, take us back to as early as the start of the year and uh, kind of your whole buildup to this race and kind of what, uh, your whole process was like. Yeah. So I, uh, well, going back even a little further in December, um, 2020, I finished Hellgate 100 K. Um, I was pretty fired up about it. You know, you have that post race high where you're just like, I can do anything. Literally I can conquer anything. That's, this is how I've gotten myself into even deeper situations. I feel like, so I finished Hellgate. I was really fired up, wanted more. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I was doing a, like a five mile run, like two weeks post Hellgate. And I was like, yeah, I think I could do like 30 plus more miles. I think that's realistic. Um, and then I was also looking at Hellgate pictures and there was this picture of my face, like mortified. And I was just like, oh my God, like in so much pain. <laughs> Apparently I was told that I was smiling afterwards, but it just reminded me of the pain. But either way, I was like, yeah, I was still riding this wave. So I was like, I can do it. So at that time, all the hundred milers are kind of like, filling up, um, with COVID there was a lot of rollover. So it was a really weird time. I already had like Terrapin, um, 50 K and promised land plan. So that was March and April. And, um, you know, I had my site set on Hellgate in 2021. So it was really like, we were trying to find one with all of these like stipulations that I had in my head. And like, I found old dominion. It was kind of full at the time. So I just put my name on the wait list. I was pretty deep, not like as deep as some of the bigger ones, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. And uh, so I didn't technically know I was going to do Old Dominion until right about Promised Land. I got in like right then. But I just kind of had that mindset that all of the training that I'm doing, I train pretty high volume. Um, so I was going to work out. And I just kind of had that set that I was going to do it. So took off most of January, got into training in February, um, started with Terrapin 50K. Um and that went really well. I wasn't tapered for it. I was pretty tired. Um, had to go to the bathroom a lot. So that's, <laughs> but um, it was a good tune up for promised land. Um, so I just do a lot of like, I think those two big runs and those two big efforts, like having, you know, 50 Ks before a um, hundred, I think that gave me a lot of confidence. I try to, I look at hours a lot. So I try to be consistent and just have about 12, if I don't have usually for 50, I'm like I was 12. So I was kind of pushing it a little bit more for a hundred with some like just lower heart rate stuff, time on my feet. We added um an extra morning run twice a week just to get some extra miles. But I really think the the best thing I did for my training was about three, four weeks out for the hundred. Um 
we went down to Woodstock and, uh, or up, I guess that's up. <laughs> we went to Woodstock and, um, and uh, I had this brilliant idea that we were going to, and I say we, um, my fiance, Logan, fiance, not boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, we, we, so we drove to Woodstock. I had this great idea. We were going to break up the course. And he's like, that's insane. He was like looking at my training plan. I like sit and write it out. He was like, you are insane. But okay, we'll do this. We got a hotel. It was like a vacation. And uh, so we drove down Friday night. I think we got there at like eight o'clock. And I was like, okay, we have a 13 mile run plan. We were going to do the first, like the at, at, uh, Old Dominion, the, the beginning and the end are the same. So I was like, we'll just knock the beginning and the end out. It's perfect. And uh, so we did that and it was fun. And then the next day we did... Um, well, he did some of it, and then he like drove the car. So, but I did a 30 mile, 31 mile section of the race the second day. Um, and then the third day I did another like 27 mile loop. And so I covered all of, I missed, I think maybe like 15 miles total. And that was just kind of road. And so that was just like the biggest, that was probably the best thing I've ever done. Cause I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. Um, I was tired. It was my first hundred mile week that I did, um, as a runner. So that was a cool milestone. Um, I was really excited about that. Um, and it just kind of just, it was just good knowing all of the course. So that was, that's a good perk about doing some of the local races too. Um, so yeah, I just ran a lot. <laughs> I don't think I did anything other than in the, other than run, but that's okay. <laughs> It's kind of like the golden secret, right? You know, a lot of people try to like over, uh, analyze it maybe. And at the end of the day, you know, as yeah, long as you're running. Especially, yeah. Especially for a hundred. Although I will tell you that I started adding some speed workout out before promised land. I was trying to focus on some speed. I know that's like my weakness. Um, but I knew that like the long, like the constant effort, I thought like I could do pretty well. So I just needed to like build the confidence and build the miles. But I was coming off a of promised land after getting beat by this like fast, awesome girl. And I was like, man, I need to get a little faster too. And ultimately kind of really runnable and all these things. So I did like, I did a speed workout a week, but I focused a lot on just volume for now after promised land, I took, it was, it was, it was a stretch. Cause I took about, I took an easy week after promised land and then just kind of jumped back in it. Luckily my recovery was, was pretty quick and I, and I recover well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a grind. <laughs> But it was good. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, well, like, what are your hobbies? And I was like, I like to run. And they're like, okay, but like, what else? And I'm like, I like to plan my runs. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you're great. <laughs> yeah, after the runs, you know, I like to go back and look at the log. You know, it's part three of the hobby. <laughs> and then I like to look at the map and figure out a new way. Yeah, I always joke. I'm like, yeah, my favorite activity is to run. And while I'm running, I like to talk about running. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. And you're absolutely crushing it uh, on the East Coast scene right now. It's been ex super exciting to kind of watch. Uh, I'm excited to kind of learn about Old Dominion and kind of dive into this race and kind of hear, you know, mile by mile per se and how it played out. Uh, yeah. We won't make you do every single mile, but I'd love to <laughs> just start off by kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just start off with the atmosphere getting to a race like this. Obviously, you know, it's the second oldest 100 mile race in the U.S. just has so much history. What was the atmosphere like showing up, you know, the day before or two days before? for and uh the people around it's it was like nothing I've ever been a part of not that I've been a part of these like big elaborate races but 
I mean, it, they are, they tell you up front, like what you see is what you get with this race. I mean, it is old school to the max. They pride themselves on that. It's, but it's really unique. So, um, you know, the day before the race, you have the pre-race like meeting and it's not a huge crowd. I think they only let in an, even in a normal year, they only let about a hundred people in. So I think there was 90 that were starting this year. Um, so it's never like a huge crowd. Um, so we're like all sitting there and, you know, you're just feeling things out. They're going over the course. I mean, they have like, nothing is elaborate. You, they're so old school. You still like weigh in, like they had to check my weight and then you have to weigh in during the court, like the race. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like good thing I didn't eat all the pasta dinner like before, but <laughs> I was like, I don't want to see the number, <laughs> but so, I mean, they're just, it's very, it's very personable. Um, you know, it's very family oriented. I mean, the, the race, the race director was, um, or the woman that the organizer, she started the race. Uh, she was super interesting. She was, you know, into horses and she was talking about her history and, you know, how she knew the founder of the Western States race. And that's how she started old dominion. And like, it was just really, it was cool to hear the history and the story. Um, but just very like low key. I mean, you're at the Shenandoah fairgrounds in Woodstock, Virginia. I mean, it's not like very, think so you see Western States and you see all this, like, you know, what's the word of like the swag and the gear and like all the fancy, shiny things, like think the opposite, like whatever that is to you, just think the opposite. Like you can look on the internet and there's only so much to like find out about this race. So, um, so yeah, it, but it was very low key, which I think was good for me. I just, it was good. It was low key. Um, and then, yeah, but the race, they was like 30 minutes, you know, they told you a few things and they're like, yeah, the aid station, the aid stations have Gatorade, like Gatorade. People still drink Gatorade. <laughs> and the best part is I, we, I'm a big tailwind drinker. I love tailwind. I think it, it's really good for my stomach, but we forgot it. <laughs> so I actually drank some Gatorade in the beginning with like diluted water. And I was like, oh yeah, remember that thing that you're not supposed to try new things on race day? I was like, well, I need, I'm going to try this. So it actually worked fine, but yeah, Gatorade. <laughs> so that's just kind of the, the vibe. They call themselves dinosaurs. And, uh, but it was, I mean, it's a race that I feel like I'd want to come back to. So that was cool. So with such a low key race environment like that, how, how far, how different was it, um, than when you would run, like, especially the first part of the course in practice, right? Like, let's talk about, you know, the gun goes off. I'm assuming you're up near the front, right? Like, are you still feeling a lot of that same excitement? Did, did you have like a plan to go out? Like, oh, I'm only going to run this fast for the first mile. Cause I don't want to go too fast. What was that initial, like beginning of the race? Like, um, yeah, I was, I really wasn't nervous. Um, I, I tried really hard. Like I said, I mentioned before, I was very nervous, very anxious as a swimmer. And I really try hard to force myself almost just to be as calm as I am capable of being, which sometimes is not very calm, but that's okay. But so I, I really just kept saying, I was like, I could just, for this race, I get to do my favorite thing all day long. Like, I was just like telling myself that and I was like, that's pretty cool. And like, I'm choosing to do this. So what's the point of getting and there's no expectations for your first 100. I mean, really, I think there's minimal expectations for most hundreds because it's like, 
I just didn't lose sight of just being able to finish my first 100 and tried to let go of some other goals. Um, so yeah, I was excited. The only thing I got a little anxious and nervous about was the heat. Um, I didn't look at the weather until a few days before. And then when I finally did, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> the high was 90 degrees. Um, so that sucked. Uh, so I started to get nervous about that a little bit, but, and then like, you just kind of have to draw it back to what you can control. And that was, okay, I can control my food. I can tr- control what I'm drinking. Everyone has the heat, whatever. So, uh, yeah, so that helped me. Um, but you start actually, so once the gun goes off at four in the morning, which is absurd. Um, yeah, you, you run, you do a lap around the Shenandoah fairgrounds, which is just like this gravelishly dirt track. And, uh, everyone's pretty chatty, but some people are going fast and I'm just like, okay, just be chill. Like there was like all the women in front of me. And I was like, like that I was not all, but there was, there was a few women in, there was a lot in front of me. And I was just like, and there was a lot of men too. And I was just like, okay. And then I looked at my watch and I was like, just chill out, Rachel. Um, hundred miles is kind of a long way. So, uh, and the first like six miles, you're like trucking through downtown Woodstock, Woodstock. So it's on the road. And uh, it's easy to go out fast. So I just like found a very comfortable pace, just kind of tried to be a little chatty, all that stuff. Uh, But yeah, I tried to go out slow. I didn't really look at my watch too much. I tried to just do it on um, effort and just making sure they would, I mean, it was comfortable checking in with my heart rate, just making sure it was just low and not exerting too much effort. It was really hot in the beginning too. I mean, it was already like 60 plus. So um, just checking in with my body and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I did run, start running with like these two guys for a little bit. And then they were talking about uh, like some of the ultra running scene, like in, in the Virginia area. And I like said something about Hellgate and they were like, oh, like we need to slow down. You go ahead. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> it was kind of, it was just funny. So, I, but I was just like running pretty chill. There, there's a climb in the beginning. Um, I remember we did it in train, like when, we went for the weekend. I ran like all of it. And uh, so I was really certain that I, I was like, I'm not going to run all of this. I'm going to throw in a lot of hiking. Um, so yeah, I just hiked a lot of this first climb and that's kind of my strength is like the power hiking. So it really worked out for me. I put myself in a good position, but I, even in the first 50 K, I felt like I didn't exert hardly any, any energy, but it's very first 50 K is very runnable. I had so many um, friends and people that have ran the race before that have told me like, don't PR in the 50 K I did PR in the 50 K, but to be fair, I never had like a like runnable type of 50 K. All the 50 Ks I've done are like kind of crazy terrain. So I didn't like overanalyze that, but I just made sure I was like that first 50 K was just a very comfortable like effort. Although I did, <laughs> I did run, um, not, I had a pace chart and I had ideas in my head, what I wanted to do. And, um, my crew had ideas, what I was going to do. Apparently I ran the first 20 miles a little too fast because when I got to the first cruise station, they were not there. (laughs) They were nowhere to be found. (laughs) That's why I had to drink the Gatorade. (laughs) And actually my phone on me at that time, just because you never know. And my phone's super light. And I like, was like chilling down this hill. And I was like, I should call them. I told the people at the aid station, I'm like, if they come and they're looking for a girl, it's me. I'm fine. I'm running. And, uh, but that was like, I'll, I'll call them. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm okay. But like, I need to see you guys at the next one. Cause I'm already gone. <laughs> but I was, like I said, first 50 K I was just very, very comfortable, very relaxed. So it was, it was a good start. 
Yeah, that's that's great to hear. And that's that's such a good story of you being like, oh, I'm I'm doing it so relaxed, and then you just blow your pace out of the water. <laughs> um, but my my question based off that is, you know, I'm not gonna think about what your very relaxed beginning of a hundred miler pace is, right? Because I don't want to do that to myself. I know what my Strava data says. But <laughs> when you were talking about, you know, I'm seeing all of these people in front of me, is your plan? then right like i'm just running my own race if they come back to me they come back to me if they don't they don't i know what i can do um for this distance or were you sort of thinking hey like when this first 50k is over if i'm not first female i'm gonna go looking for somebody or was it 50 miles or 100k after where you're like i need to know how far up they are because i'm gonna catch them because i'm a competitor what was what was like your strategy on that Yeah. It's so funny. Cause like I said, first 100, um, first 100 miler for me and, uh, everything I've done previously, I mean, yes, a 50 K is, is long, but it's not a hundred mile long. So a 50 K is like a marathon effort almost, you know, and you need to put yourself in a good position. And after doing some 50 Ks earlier in the season, um, it was like, I had to, I had, I knew going into the race, I had to change my mindset because that mindset was going to get me in so much trouble. Like they're even in the first 50 K it's too early to start picking people off. It just is. But I, uh, it was dark in the beginning. I couldn't really see people. I remember getting to like mile, uh, before I, it was before the first 50 K I, there was a guy with a, with a camera. And I was like, I was like, Oh, like how many people are ahead of me or whatever? Just curious. There was a single track section during this first section. And I like did pretty well on, uh, it was only like a five mile five miles or whatever, but it had some climbing. It was really techy out there. Um, so I kind I remember passing some people earlier on, but I wasn't really sure. And then this guy's like, Oh, there's like two guys ahead of you. And I said, no, there's, he's like, there's two people ahead of you. And I was like, Oh, well, like there's two girls. And they're like, no, there's like two people. And I was like, Oh, I was like, maybe I should slow down. <laughs> this, this might not be good. And so, um, so yeah, I was just like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like Chick Bauer and all this stuff. Uh, so I just, but I ran, I mean, there was Michael DeBova ahead of me and I'm familiar with him, done some races with him, um, really strong runner. And then another guy, his first name's Olivier. And I remember seeing him like all through previous results, like just a stud of a runner. Um, so I was like, they're going to do their thing. Um, and that's fine. So at that point I was like, oh, okay. And then I got to the aid station, the first aid station. I really did see my crew. So that was like mile 31. And, um, they're like, yeah, you're like cruising, but I mean, my heart rate was low. Everything was controlled. So I didn't even think about trying to pick off the two guys in front of me. And good thing I didn't, because that would have been a disaster. They, they did awesome. Um, and there was another guy that eventually did pass me as well, but I held that fourth place pretty strong for like 40, I think 50 miles. I was all the way in, um, third. And then the last 50, I just held in fourth. Um, so I, at that point it was just like me and my mind is <laughs> really what it was. There was no picking off other people. Now I have lost some races towards the end of a race. So I did have the tendency to go into my crew and be like, how, how far away is the next person? And at that point, I didn't even care about if it was a man or woman, like a man or, or a woman. I was just like, how nice. And they're like, not anywhere close. And I was just like, they told me 45 minutes once, and that was like 30 miles in. And then in my head, the next person was always 45 miles, 45 minutes in. And they're like, just don't worry about it. It's like, you guys don't understand. You know, I started to get a little delirious by the end. You ask the same questions. <laughs> so yeah, it was just like me and my goals about 
30 miles in is pretty much how it worked out. And so we've got our uh, first question from the chat tonight. It's from Logan, who you're well acquainted with. Um, and he would like to know, well, here's what he says directly. Um, ask her what her buddy Tony was telling her in the first 20 miles. <laughs> there was a guy that told me. Uh, next time, just don't read any of his chats. But there was there I, there were some interesting people that I that I ran past, and they were giving me all this different advice. You know, they see this woman out in front, and they're like, they all have some advice to offer. <laughs> and uh, there was a guy that told me that I needed to go out really fast the first like sixty miles and just bank the rest. And I was like, uh, I'm not gonna do. That. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I always, there's always people that are going to give you some interesting advice out there, but yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> I did not go fast the first 60 miles. I went, I think I just had a sustained effort most of the day. I was always, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had my low points like anybody, anybody does. Um, but it was mostly a, a sustained effort. So. So take us through like miles 50 through like 75 or so, like, were there any low moments throughout this sustained oh, effort? Oh, were there any... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my first low moment came about mile and this might be on or off. So don't like fact check me because like I said, it just kind of like blurs together, but I think it was about mile 50 plus like mile 55 or so. I remember getting into an aid station and I was just hot, like overwhelmingly hot. Um, couldn't cool that, like that system down. Um, heart rate was getting really high, um, just not feeling comfortable. So I was eating and then um, I sat down. I felt like I was sitting forever. I don't really think I was sitting that long. Um, and Logan made me this like ice thing to put around my neck, like one of the gaiters and he tied it up. And I was like, kind of a diva. And I was like, I can't wear that. <laughs> and then he put it on me with like, I didn't even, I don't even think I finished saying that I wasn't going to wear it. And he just like put it on me. And I was like, Ooh, this is kind of nice. So I had this like ice around my neck. I'm like stuffing ice in like all of the places that I can think of that will hold <laughs> and just trying to cool that body down. But like, I sat down for a moment. And I was just like, Oh God, like a hundred miles is a long way. <laughs> So that was about a little over halfway in. Um, and like I said, it was 90 degrees. I knew that from like noon to about almost four o'clock, I was going to suffer because it was just hot. So I was mentally prepared, but it hit me. Um, and you know, the best advice that I got actually for Old Dominion um, was my friend, Tim Spalding. And he's, he was talking about like the highs and lows that you do hit through a race. And um, he was just saying that, you know, um, you are going to hit a low point, but you just have to figure, you, you know, that that low point's going to end. So like basically suffer through your low point and then get to the next high point because it, it's a long day. It comes, you're not going to be low forever. So I kind of let it happen. And then I kept moving. I hiked a little bit, um, suffered a little bit more, ate some food, drank some drinks, you know, it was fine. Um, but then my, so that was, that was okay. I got it back together, got to, um, it's about mile 75, I think. You get to your your crew, another aid station, and um, you can pick up your safety runner. So Old Dominion's pretty unique because you don't get a pacer for like half of the race or the last twenty miles or whatnot. You get a pacer for like eleven miles, and it's not a pacer; it's called a safety runner. So you go up this mountain, and uh, 
I remember uh, Dr. Horton comment on one of who's like an old Dominion legend and, you know, loves this race more than anything. And uh, he commented on one of my uh, pictures on the, on Facebook. And he was like, bet you're not smiling when you go over that, this climb he's talking about. And I texted him after the race. I said, I was definitely crying. <laughs> so it's this like long climb. It's not a pretty climb. It's rocky. It's messy rocks. It's, it's not fun. Maybe like if you're red, even like when I was not 60 plus miles, 70 miles, and maybe I would like it. I don't even know if I'd like it then, to be honest. So I pick up Logan and he starts running with me. And I'm just like, we start going up this climb and I like stop. And I'm just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I was just like, I can't, I didn't have any like visible tears, but I was just like, overwhelmed. I was tired. I was at mile 75. At this point, it's like complete unknown territory for me. Um, so yeah. So I was having a little bit of a pity party. That was probably not, that probably was my worst, but he was basically like, he gave me some tough love. Well, he was nice for a little bit. And then he was like over it. He was like, we're not turning around. So like, keep going. <laughs> so what, and once I got to the top, actually, I was after that point, once we got to the top of that climb, there was still a lot of climbing left in the race, but I was fine. I mean, I just kept moving. You have a really, after this like two mile climb, you have a really big descent, which isn't super runnable either. Cause you're very fatigued. Um, it's really messy. I mean, people do this section a lot in the dark, which is why you have the safety runner. Luckily, um, we were still hitting it in daylight. So that was good. Um, I was really excited about that. Um, but yeah, after that, I mean, I was moving good. And then we together, we got to, you know, the 80s, 687 mark or whatever. And that was really exciting because my dad was there and that was really, that just like boosted my mood. And then, um, my sister, she's, but she was there all day. And then my best friend, Kelly also there all day. So, um, they were there waiting for us. And then they sent me on my way again. And I just kept moving along. I really feel like at that point, like a blackout blur and not the kind that like regular 26 year olds talking about. <laughs> like I'm talking, I, I was moving and I was moving good, but I, it was dark. I was alone. There was, it was a lot of dirt road. There was all this dirt getting in my headlamp. It looked like flies. It was just dirt. I was just trying to eat and move. And I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I, it was, that was my cat <laughs> anyway, sorry, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah just a blur. But I, like I said, so only really two low points that one, one was because of the heat. And I don't think that that really wasn't a mind thing. That was just like, how do I overcome this heat in this situation? And I think I did that good mile 75, 76, whatever, where my pity party was, I would say that was just mental. Um, I've never been that far, but I've never ran that far. I've never ran that long. Um, so I just had to like get over this hump where, I mean, I knew the climb was coming. I knew it all day long. It's like when people talk about all the time, how much it sucks. Uh, I just had to have the little pity party and then get over it and then just keep moving. <laughs> I feel like a lot of runners can relate to that, especially in a distance like the hundred miler. Obviously you kind of knocked this one out of the park. You know, even when you were talking about this, you were uh, first woman by hours at this point, you were fourth overall uh, going up this massive climb and uh, just absolutely crushing it. But what I want to know now is when you kind of realize with like a mile left in the race, you're coming into the finish line or the emotions like for you, knowing that you just absolutely crushed your debut hundred and it uh, was just everything you thought it would be. I was, you're, I was super emotional and like, I, I was also a little delirious, but 
Um, I feel like I hit some emotional points, honestly, like throughout the race, like, you know, you just have these, not only do you have these highs and lows, but you have these like high and low emotions too, where you just like hit these places of like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And for like, when I first did my first hundred K, I hit this point where I was like, wow, I just ran 66 miles. That's kind of insane. But like, wow, I can't believe I did this. And I haven't had that feeling um, since then. And that was 2019. Um, now I've done these hard things and everything like that. And I've pushed myself, but not into like some really scary unknown territory. And, uh, I was feeling really emotional. I started thinking about like, you know, I think about my swimming career a lot. I think about like just hard times in my twenties that different things that I've had to go through. Uh, and you get, you get kind of like, Oh my God, like, wow. I'm, and I just was like, wow, I'm actually kind of stronger than I think. And I just did this and I'm going to break 20 hours. And also I didn't realize that I was going to break 20 hours until I'm not kidding, cross the finish line. Cause you get to the track again, that you start and you have to do a lap around it. Logan's like, you just have a lap. And I'm like, how long is a lap? I only have 20 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. He's probably thinking, I don't know, but hopefully not that long. <laughs> like it's a regular sized track at the end of the day, but you know, you're kind of crazy then. So I was just kind of flooded with just emotion, but, and I crossed the finish line also going back to like the old school of this, like how old school this race is. Think Western States. There's like a bunch of people around this track. They're cheering you on. It's a big scene. This is Woodstock, Virginia at 1143 at night. Um, it's my dad. It's my best friend, Kelly. And it's Logan. And it's this timing guy who's <laughs> probably not as amused with me as I thought I was. So I finished and it's just them cheering for me. And it's like, it's just this super special finish and it's like wow you just couldn't ask for anything more and I was there's a video I mean I'm just like wow I did it and then I'm like can I sit in that chair <laughs> so we had to sit in the chair which I don't know how long I was there because that's also a blur but I'm just like sitting in this chair for a very long time and yeah I mean it was cool because by the end I could see them a lot through the eight stations and I knew that my goal my my A goal was to be, and I like to be really quiet about my goals. I'm not somebody that likes to publicize that. I don't know. I just like to quietly work. That's just like always been my thing. Um, some people ask me like what your goal is. And I'm like, well, like I want to be you know, on that 24 hour mark. That's special. I want to, you know, finish my first 100 and not lose sight. And I try to say all these things and make it in my head that that could be good enough. But at the end of the day, like that wasn't going to be good, good enough for me. Uh, just to, obviously it's a very long race and don't want to be naive and anything like that. But, um, I knew that if I was going to have a good day, it was going to be close to under 20 hours for me. I think we looked at the splits and just like figuring out what I was capable of. But at that point too, I also didn't know what I was capable of. Um, and I still don't think I do. Um, um it, like I, I just don't know. I mean, I didn't know what was possible. I look at some of the women that have ran old dominion before some of the women that still have a few of the times that are faster than mine. And then even that are in that top 10, I knew that I was like, if I could be in a top 10 time for uh, a race that's been around for 43 years, I was getting pretty stoked. Um, so I kind of thought about that, but once I realized I got under 20 hours, I was like, wow, like that's kind of, that's good. Right. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, I mean, yeah. So I was just really, I was all types of different things. I thought I was really with it, but Everyone said I was like, not with it, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone's quite with it after running 100 miles. And um, In my head, I was really convinced, though. (laughs) Yeah, and I know everybody out there in Regener Nation can relate with, um, you know, finishing a race and being like, wow, I did it. Can I sit down in that chair? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was like, I don't think I'm getting up from this chair, like, the rest of the night. Like, I'm good here, and... uh, I think like it's I said, awesome that you asked. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't even like, you don't deserve that. You don't have to be that polite after you run a hundred miles. Like you should be like, that's now my chair. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I wish the timer guy was, like I said, he was just like, yeah, go. that's what they're there for. And I'm like, okay. But like the, the two, the guys that were ahead of me, I mean, there was the third place guy finished an hour before me. And then, you know, the top two guys finished, I think less than two hours for me. I can't really remember, but so no one was around. And then the next person behind me, I think was still another hour or two. Um, so like we, it was just like us, <laughs> there was no celebrity moment or anything like that, but it was just, it was perfect. It really was. It was perfect. Yeah. That sounds really great. We, um, I know you said not to read any more of these, but I think Logan's got some great insight here in the chat. Um, he mentions she wouldn't get out of the road and made a car come to a complete stop <laughs> as she ran by them. So I, I'd love to hear about this story and um, this potential person who was just like, I was charged by a woman in the night. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you're like running through, like I said, the race starts as you're trucking through Woodstock. The race ends as you're trucking through Woodstock. And like, I was finishing in a respectable hour. So it's not like it was like two, 3 AM. It was before midnight. So there was a little bit of traffic on the roads as you're finishing, getting back to the fairgrounds, which let me tell you, finishing a hundred miler with like pavement on the road, is not the most fun I've ever had, but it's all right. That's a whole other story. But so I think, I don't know. I think there was this one section, like towards the end, there was this car that was coming maybe and I was running and I needed to cross the road and I just was not stopping at that point in my head I thought I was like very 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 close to my goal and didn't have like a lot of time also I may might have thought the car's headlights were like just like a reflector or something (laughs) they were not it was a car (laughs) but you know it was the car was super polite I think they knew what was going on um or they were concerned about this girl like running through the night that looks like a train wreck. <laughs> so I'm not sure, but I didn't get hit. So that was fine. I think Logan's making it sound worse than it was. Well, we're glad the car was polite. Hopefully it was like a Kia or like a Subaru or something, uh, something of those sorts. Those cars are a little more polite than uh, some <laughs> Hondas and those other ones out there. Yeah, so. super, super nice car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about real quick here is obviously the people that have watched No, no BS, A Promise Land 50K film. Uh, you talked about Logan in the film and you mentioned to him as your boyfriend. And obviously since then, there's been some pretty exciting news. Talk about uh, the change there and uh, everything that kind of came with that on race weekend well uh yeah well I'm engaged so everybody wants to see my ring on the internet all of my residents at work where I work they're about done with me probably throwing my ring in their face so I'm glad I have a new audience to talk about it with (laughs) but my ring is super special because it was his mom's engagement ring and I just love looking at it but anyway so yeah he proposed to me and that was really exciting um we're super excited although He's probably going to be in trouble after this thing if he keeps firing on that chat over there. But uh, yeah, it was it was really special to me because um, 
we met running actually it's really unique we literally like met during a race like we and I don't even talk to people when I'm racing like I'm I'm very social and very friendly but when I'm racing I'm just like I'm not super chatty so it's really weird how we met because he's really chatty like annoyingly chatty <laughs> love him but super chatty like we need to talk to every stranger chatty <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we were, we met running and like, ever since then, we've just been like inseparable and like just share this bond. Um, honestly, he might love my running more than me, which it that's, you can't ask for more than that. Um, someone that's really supportive like that. So, uh, yeah, but he proposed to me after everyone thinks that he did it at the finish line when I was like delirious. Um, no, there was an awards breakfast, um, that Sunday morning and, um, he did it then like his parents were there, my dad, my sister, and my best friend were there. My mom was on the FaceTime. Um, so yeah, it was super special. <laughs> so now I feel like we have to go back to old dominion because like we were just a crowd pleaser. <laughs> Next time Logan's got to run, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's already, he's already talked about it a little bit too. So I'm like, you know, he gets a little fired up after my races when I did really well at Hellgate the next day he went out and ran a 50 K. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets really until yeah, really ambitious after my run. <laughs> but yeah, he's very, very supportive and uh yeah, I mean believes in me probably more than I believe in myself some days. So it's a good, it's a good bond. Well, congr congratulations to the both of you. It was uh, super awesome to kind of see that on top of uh, your incredible performance. There are obviously just so many incredible life moments happening in one weekend. I'm sure it was super special for you. Uh, Cam, yeah. I think you had another question here. Yeah, I did. Um, and it was, are you guys going to be registered on ultra signup? Is that our wedding gifts, just race entries? Is that what we get for you? Um, we I don't know how this works. That, Amazing. I love that idea. My, uh, so uh, a friend at work was saying like, yeah, you're going to have to plan your wedding, like around your races. And I'm like, girl, you got no idea. Like, yes, that is bad. That is great. But I love the whole, like, yeah, I have all these dream races and click the race that you want to sign me up for. <laughs> we said that we'll have our wedding on top of a mountain and whoever can get to the top can come to our wedding. <laughs> It'll be a race to the top between you two as well. It won't just be like you guys at the top. You'll be racing to the top. And then yeah, I'll be throwing some elbows. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's that's great. We, we really love that story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Um, and so before we get into our quick questions, one last thing we want to ask you, just, you know, you've had all this success, right? What's what's next? Uh, is there anything else on the list right now? What, what are those dream races that, I mean, was they're probably going to have to go in together uh, to buy an entry to an ultra sign up? <laughs> so this is like the first uh, year that I have like a pretty structured like race plan, which is, which is cool. I feel like it just shows my like development as a runner. I, um, so it's exciting. I'm taking plan like I really structured June off um just to be very chill if I want to run I'll run if I want to do other things I will just to um although I was it was Saturday and I was already like driving Logan crazy I think because I was so antsy and just like needed to move my body <laughs> so um but yeah so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna take June really chill I don't want to burn out mentally or physically um 
you know, I want longevity in this sport. Um, so yeah. And then I'll probably get back to training a little bit, depending on feeling around July. I'm doing, um, the plan is to do iron mountain 50 miler. Um, because I looked at my pace when I did iron mountain in 2019. And I think my average pace was like 11. Yeah. I can, it was my, whatever my pace was, my hundred mile pace was literally like 10 seconds slower. So I was like, Oh gosh, that's probably not good. <laughs> so it'll be a good time to like go back to a race that I started all this with. Um, so I'm going to do that and that's September. And then, um, I'm going to go out to, we're going out to Lake Tahoe in, um, October, October. Um, that'll be my first West coast race. It's a sky race. It's called broken arrow 52 K. So, I'm pretty excited about that because I feel like um, it'll be a fun one to train for and race. It just kind of speaks to my strengths of just going uphill. <laughs> and uh, so that'll be good. And then um, Hellgate in December. So kind that's of kind a of plan. That's a super awesome uh, race schedule you got there. I think it's kind of funny, you know, Californians in the West Coast races, they really want to specify the distances, you know, 52K. Yeah. They really want to iron out when David Horton's really like promised land 50K <laughs> plus add three miles and it's still a 50K. It's just yeah, it, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 50, the 50K and some bonus miles on the East Coast. West Coast are a little bit more serious and we like the, the South. So my watch better be exactly that. <laughs> Yeah, there must be no free miles at any of those races, you know. What, whatever what happened to the old, the old 50 miler that, you know, you get those four extra ones like uh, Michael Owens got down there at Shawnee or, you know, a classic 100 and 200 miler, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think my watch for Old Dominion was like 103 miles. And I was like, this is crap. I'm stopping. <laughs> Oh man. Well, Hey, at least Strava has that uh, correction feature. You can round down, you know, don't want to get too many kudos on that effort. That's true. I like when it shoots my elevation gain up. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into our uh, quick questions that we love to end the show with. Um, you know what they are at this point, probably if you've listened to a bunch of these, but Rachel, we'd love to hear your answers on these. Uh, so first things first, what's one thing you can't leave an aid station without? I'm assuming this isn't Gatorade. <laughs> um, I feel like it depends. Uh, for, well, Old Dominion specifically was not leaving without ice. Every aid station I got to, I was just like, ice? <laughs> I'm like putting my hands out and they're like, I'm just like ice. Um, other than that, I, I'm i really not like an aid station junkie. You know, I don't really treat it as like a buffet. I try to get in and out. But uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Old Dominion ice. I was really big on needed that. <laughs> Do you have any uh, pre-race rituals? Um, I guess kind of. I'm. I like a good. I'm a sucker for a good routine. So, I guess like I, not really pre-race. I try not to do so much. But like morning is always the same for me. I wake up. I go shower, which is just kind of weird, but I shower before every race and then I do my stretches and then I eat breakfast and then that's about it. Oh, the night before I like to make my uh, music playlist, um, depending on the mood I'm feeling. Um, so I do that. And if I do those three things, I'm usually like, okay, I'm good. But yeah, if I, I need to do like my stretches before I'm kind of nutty if I don't, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like that's normal. So that's nothing too crazy, right? 
Yeah, it's nothing like Wesley's eat a pint of ice cream the night before. Which just I hey, we're doing it this Friday. You'll see. I'll take a video. We'll go live myself to be at some ice cream on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ridge runners. Uh yeah, I remember hearing that and I was like, oh Lord. Like <laughs> I try not to get too crazy with rituals because there's so many things that can happen. And if they don't happen, I know my personality and I get a little like, oh my God, now I can't race. So at least I can stretch and shower just better. More. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll attest to, um, was like weird dietary rituals. I spent two weeks in his apartment. When I showed up, there was nothing in the fridge, but beer and one mango for oh, some reason, uh, that was never eaten the whole time I was there. I don't know what it was doing, but you know, <laughs> He's got, he's got some kind of program dialed, but I couldn't tell you what it is. <laughs> you caught me on a grocery shopping day, Cam. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Well, do you have any uh, post-race indulgences or meals that you like to do? I feel like that depends too. Gosh, after Old Dominion, like nothing sounded good. Like I, my stomach was all funky, but I do like dessert. Like a like some type of ice. I do like dessert after ice cream is usually pretty good. Yeah. See, like you do your ice cream before I prefer it after, but, um, yeah, I, nothing too, nothing too crazy. I do just kind of let myself, um, indulge for about a week after the race, like something like that. I kind of just like whatever the body wants, the body gets kind of, <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of just, I really treat not just like post race. It's really like post like race week. I just live it up in the food category. <laughs> well, last minute, uh, chat question from out of nowhere, truly. Um, and I promise this wasn't loaded. Um, but Arlen Glick coming in out of nowhere saying is Badwater 135 going to be on the list. So we're going to go ahead and throw that one in there real quick. <laughs> Rachel, you have any thoughts? I don't know. I mean, that would be amazing. When is that race? <laughs> It's in a couple, it's in about a month and a half. Okay, so like not this time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would love like some of those big ticket names. Um, you know, I would love, I remember reading about them and those kind of things. And now I feel like I'm in a position where it's realistic that I could say that, wow, like going to a race like that, or even like a Western States, like that is realistic one day. Um, so yeah, wherever the good Lord takes me is the race I'll go to. <laughs> but any of those races would be amazing. Rachel Spaulding, Badwater 135, champion 2022. Lock it in. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I appreciate all the, the uh, support. <laughs> all right. And we heard you mention uh, one of your pre-race rituals is you like to get a playlist together the night before. Well, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball did, what would uh, yours be? Oh, easy. Um I am woman by, uh, Helen Reddy. You know, I am woman. Hear me roar. Logan said he would give me money. If he started singing it. <laughs> A song from like the seventies. My dad would be really proud if he's listening right now. That's, that's a great answer. I think that's the one we were missing to truly make this playlist <laughs> as, as yeah, but, as possible. Oh yeah. Best chick power song out there. Um, gets me excited. So that's how I got amped up for this interview. <laughs> See, I was just listening to Nine to Five by Dolly Parton as uh, was the kind of test when I came on. Uh, he was jamming. He, audio yeah. camera not on. He was just jamming out to audio. Oh, yeah. We, my, we, so we have this like 
music is like super important in my family. Uh, you know, when we were growing up between like the 60s, 70s and 80s music. Um, thank you, father. But so in our like family group chat, we just like send songs to each other. And that was what I sent the other day to my sisters, like as I was like driving to work and working nine to five. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I, I definitely feel that one in my heart like every day, but you know, it's kind of anticlimactic because I work 8 30 to 5 30. So it's just that doesn't have does, as good of a rhyme. Doesn't have the same ring to it. I mean, I, I get what Dolly was getting. Tell your boss you gotta change those hours. I'll just I'll clip this, you know. We do the social clips. I'll clip this one and send it to Meredith real quick. All right. And so uh, one of our favorite questions here, if you could run with one person in the history of the world, even if they weren't a runner, they're going to run with you. They're going to keep a good pace, nice conversational long run with you. What would, uh, who would that person be? Um, Well, other than my wonderful fiance, who I just love running with, um, other than him, it is a runner. I would love to run with um, Gwen Jorgensen. She's, um, she was a triathlete, um, turned runner. Uh, she's amazing. I just love following her journey. Um, she's a really good practice, what you preach kind of person in her like training philosophy matches like her just life philosophy. And, uh, so yeah, I would just love to talk to her because I like to talk about running. So why wouldn't I want to run with a runner? Absolutely. And well, to uh, wrap it up here, do you have any sponsors or anybody that you would like to thank while you're uh, still on the show here? Um, well, I would just going back to like and tying it all together, Old Dominion, um, you know, everyone that is supporting me through that, whether that's, you know, wishing me good luck or just being there. I mean, I had even like everyone at the race, like acknowledged how awesome my crew was. So that was that was Logan. It was my sister, Sarah. It was my dad. Um, it was my best friend, Kelly. And then also, um, Logan's sister-in-law and um, niece and nephew and his dad, they were all there. And like, it was just, and there's nothing better than having a friendly face at an aid station. Um, so like big thanks to all them, all the people that cheered me on all those things. Um, and then also a shout out to, um, Trails Collective and Ian Golden. Um, they've been supporting me, um, through my running and then, um, just with gear and that stuff. And then also, um, I'm part of the rabbit elite trail group. So them too. That's new news. Yeah, that was exciting. Breaking news as of yesterday, right? Yes, as of yesterday. So that was really exciting to be um, just a part of a team of like-minded people. Um, So I'm really excited about that. All right. Well, that's going to be our show tonight, Uh, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. We were so stoked to have you uh, come listen to us talk to Rachel Spaulding. I do say so myself, probably one of the most promising uh, ultra runners on the East Coast, not man or woman, just in general. Um, We're so stoked that you've gotten to meet her and know her a little bit and excited to see everything that comes um, up in her career. Um, I don't know anything else. If you haven't seen the No BS film, definitely check it out. It's like 12 minutes of your day. Seriously, you waste more time than that on Facebook. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> give that movie a watch. It's so great. Uh, Wesley did such a great job of it. I really could never have imagined it would have turned out that well when my car literally broke down on course that day. Uh, I was ready to pack it up and just go. Uh, well, you know, I couldn't, but you know, I was ready. Oh. Um, so anyways, that's our show tonight. Um, thank you everybody for joining us and we'll see you next time on Richard. Oh,
Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, version of our nation.